0: Welcome. I welcome you to Ran Out of Talent podcast. We can't thank you enough for checking in, taking in, listening to the stats. Joey Fitzsimmons is the co-host. You got Joe Jr. running the show. Me, I'm a man just trying to just rip up go freestyles just for you thrown to ran out of talent but if you ever run out of talent don't take no time don't take anything just get caught hold a junior with Joe and talk about it but if you the ball on top you're gonna be done welcome to another episode of ran out of talent I'm your host Joser jr and with me is my co-host Joey Fitzsimbbons how's it going Joey
1: Oh, it's going pretty good. Happy Memorial Day to all you people listening on Monday, not Sunday.
0: Yeah. Well, some people might cuz we are we decided to record a little earlier in the afternoon so we had our evening free. Like you. So, yeah, dude. Um yes, yeah, so what have you been up to lately? Um you were too you were moving so you couldn't make it to round one of the MNRC.
1: Yeah, me and the girlfriend got an apartment in uh East Bethel. Yeah, moved out of the one in Elk River. That was kind of a no-go zone for pleasant people like us. And well, that, that that apartment complex is full of crackheads.
0: Yeah, that, that that's always been the problem in um, Elk River. Is all all of the apartment buildings are Section Eight, all of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, they
0: all allow Section Eight, I should say, because when Beth and I lived in apartment buildings in Elk River we weren't on section 8 but the dude it's i totally understand you know it's like it's like one or two people just screw the whole place up there is this gross freaking white trash blonde chick that um had no teeth that what? That lived in... She just wrecked that apartment building for Beth and I. She'd walk around in, like, a sports bra. And, like, it it was just disgusting, dude.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of those that walk around there, too.
0: Yeah. Without her teeth in. Just thinking about her. Kind of wonder... You think about those people in your past. And it's been a long, long, long time. It's been, like... We're going on 14 years of living in this house now. It makes you wonder if, like, people like that got their shit together or did they die of an overdose because there's no in-between, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you're breaking up a little bit. Is it that bad?
1: I should have a good connection here.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, you're swallowing your phone is what it sounds like.
1: Oh, probably because I'm sitting in my truck with the windows open.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Sounds Uh, like
1: I'm in a little wind tunnel.
0: No, that's not the issue, but yeah. But last week we went to uh, MNRC round number one at Southern Raceway down in Blooming Prairie, Minnesota. That was, um, yeah, they didn't have any time to get a layout. They did what they could with the layout. They got piss-pounded with rain, like for like a month straight i did hear that yeah, yeah I, I heard the layout was actually kind of technical though it was pretty technical um some of the jumps uh like there's a double in the back right that needed a little bit more launch but it, the thing is it's like they just got done with it the day or two prior because like so when we were on our way to that uh, hotel down in austin yep um the, there were like a ton of farm fields just flooded over, and that was like a mile down the road. Oh. So so I said God, I want to say I said thank God for Sean Van Dalen about three times that weekend. Uh, First time I didn't even realized this Joe Three left his radio at uh FTR. He texted me oh, Thursday.
1: Oh, that was his radio? Yeah.
0: He texts me Thursday evening. He's like, "Uh, do you have Joe 3's radio? I'm like, shit, you know, I don't remember it. You know, just loading everything up and just not thinking about it. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. And so there's that. He brought Joe's radio to the track, and then uh, he hopped on the Bobcat. It's like him and, like, uh, Dale Reek and a few other people hopped on. Well, hopped on the track with shovels and all that. Sean was on the bobcats scraping all. The, so he made the track r- pretty nice. The track's always been abrasive, but we it. I'll I'll say this for. I think they got like a hundred and forty-one entries. Mm-hmm. For a hundred and forty-one entries, it grooved without calcium. And it stayed, it got, I wouldn't even call it bumpy. It's an off-road track. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't billiard smooth, um, but it doesn't, you don't want that. But uh, it grooved without calcium, which was awesome. Oh,
1: yeah. Dude. And it
0: didn't get blown apart. The only thing, it's like, I like the layout itself. It's just that the jumps need work, but there was no time to work on them. So it's like you know, they get done we're go actually going there uh, next week to race fist scales.
1: Yeah, I see that we're getting some fist scales rolling out there.
0: Yeah, so next week, June third, Saturday. Um God my I don't know why my mic is picking it up, but my mouth is really wet and I'm hearing the feedback in my microphone. So I apologize for that. I don't know why. <laughs> it's gross. It is just gross. I'm thinking about the spam and egg and cheese croissants the wife made this morning. I'm drooling. <laughs> oh, man. That does sound good. Yeah. Um. No, but June 3rd, they're having a... They call it the buggy battle, but they're allowing fist scales to race, too. So Joe 3 and I are bringing our fist scales down. So... Oh, yeah. Have we recorded since we raced at Sean's? I think we have. I believe so. Yeah, we have. Because I got Joe 3, that truck, and I got a kill switch on the way for it. So, yeah, we're excited about it. But it was good. Dude, weather was, you couldn't have asked for better weather. Mid to high 70s, sunny, just gorgeous friday was a little bit chilly but it's like yeah who cares you know what i mean
1: yeah i remember last year being a little on the cooler
0: side oh it was it was probably 20 degrees warmer than last year it was a just a great weekend so um we'll go through e-buggy here i don't know if we calculated right i was going to Text Corey. Kyle brought something up. I was going to text Corey to recalculate because we were just setting shit up. Seth Van Dalen definitely took overall win. Drew Dawkins definitely took overall second. And I think Alan Smith definitely took overall third. But after that, I, I really don't know. Because it seems like it only added up one of two and used the second one as a tiebreaker. I don't know how it worked. But I wanna I wanna check that out. You know what I mean? hmm Yeah. so Alan Smith pitted inside last weekend. we we were pitting where we did last year. Fucking like, it was a blast just sitting there bullshitting with Alan and getting to know him a little better because he's normally in uh Joe Dirt's pit trailer. So yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah, me and him uh me and him. Rode down to Omaha together. Yeah. That was, that was a fun time.
0: Yeah. With Thunder closing, Omaha might be a thing for us again. This, We'll see. We'll see. Oh, boy. Well, we'll see. One thing I don't like, and I don't like this about bigger races. Like, I don't care about me, but when I put Joe 3 on the sportsman side of things, I don't expect the people, like the people winning sportsmen could easily be in the A-main of expert nitro buggy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not sportsmen. Quit being a fucking asshole and beating up on little kids, you douchebags. But anyways, <laughs> no, it's it just bugs the shit out of me, man. Yeah, I get it. Um, like, I, I went and I looked at like lap times from... Sportsman nitro buggy at the Plex and then expert nitro buggy at the Plex and site. They're pretty close to the same damn thing. But,
1: there are a couple very fast
0: sportsman drivers. Exactly. And to be fair, um, I'm hoping to bump Joe 3 up to open nitro buggy in um, the MNRC. I want to try to get him to build a little bit more speed at loose nuts. He's a little gun-shy at certain spots. But if I can get him to build up a little more speed, I can get him in the open class, and that will help him out a ton more. Speaking of Nitro Buggy, uh, Seth Van Dalen won that one. Tony Slenton took second, first time racing since September, I think. And uh Josh Ford... <laughs> With the racers minute, him and Jeff changed the motor. They ripped the motor out of his truggy with no clutch work done. They just ran 30 minutes on that thing, threw it in the buggy, and they're like, "Well, hopefully it works." And it worked well. He ended up third. Hmm. So, um, nitro truggy. I pitted for Allen in this one. Josh Ford wins that one. Allen Smith second. Drew Dock and third. Drew Dock and flamed out like a million times. So, 40-plus, I broke, I'm bummed. But Keith won that one, Corey Hinn second, Tony Swenson third, Sportsman, Brent Tweed won with Joe three second, and Jordy Igashevsky third. I was bummed the whole way. I'm, I'm bummed. I'm just in general bummed out because I worked my ass off in the pits in between... Vegas, me having to limp my truck across the finish line at FTR, my fifth scale,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and a DNF and a couple little issues I had at, uh, at um, Southern. It's like, I'm really down on myself. It's like, what do I have to do? I got my truck really, really good. I thought I popped my motor, though. I was so bummed on the way home. It ended up being just a loose flywheel. I didn't think it would have... I don't think it would have stalled from the loose flywheel. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it wasn't really hitting anything, and there really wasn't much slop. So that's why I'm sitting there like, oh, I spun a rod. But I brought it home. It was literally... It took an eighth of a turn to where it, the flywheel got... Tight on the collet, and it got pressure. And then another like full turn for it to be tight. And then I just, dude, the veins on my forearm were fucking popping. It's like that thing's never coming loose again.
1: One of those things where you, uh, where you go down a ratchet strap something on a trailer and go, yep, that thing ain't going
0: nowhere. Basically, now here's a theory why it came loose. And it's a dumb theory, but it could kind hmm it's kind of making sense to me. So when I was doing clutch maintenance, I dropped a watcher like I always do. I ain't see where it went. I just went and got another clutch spacer. Well, that clutch spacer ended up between where the spring rests and the nut. Do you think the spacer in between no? That doesn't make sense now that I say it out loud because then the pressure from the spring would loosen the nut. I don't know. True. I don't know. It's just, I, I've been working my ass off and these DNFs are really, that truck, it's, that truck was brand new at the start of the weekend. But it went from hot garbage to where this is my last year racing Ace scale ever to it's a really good truck. And it only took a couple of small adjustments. So, um, yeah, Corey Hens had to save my ass. Um, I had uh, a Rock take out a CVA bone and a sway bar. Oh, man. Yeah. There's a big rock. So. Anyway, um yeah. So, let's get into some notes. Do you want to talk about thunder first or last?
1: Oh, let's start off with all the good go or good good Gojo. <laughs>
0: all right. The good juice first. All right. Well, Nick Wattlett, he's the next guy to leave Pro Line. He went with Tezio, which kind of makes sense because it's a SoCal company and, you know, Wattlett's a SoCal guy. Right. God, Joey's up there stomping. I can hear him. Um, Yeah, he's, it's going to be exciting to see what he, it does very well at like the dirt and all the West Coast tracks. They haven't had a ton of, national or international success yet it's hard for a new t- like matrix i bet you they honey dicked ronald folk in ungaro so hard to sign with them they must have found the perfect track the only track where their tires are number one in europe and like here try these ever since ungaro and ronald Falk signed with matrix they've fallen off a cliff Well, for Ungaro falling off the cliff, Juan Carlos Canas beats him. You know what I mean? (laughs) Juan Carlos goes from being a tick behind to a tick in front. But, yeah, I'm curious to see what he can do with Tizio. Um, Do you know recons, the J-Con tire, do you know recons are directional? I did not. Yeah, so I have a bunch of sets where I have the holes on the inside and the outside because before I glued them up I learned that they were directional. Um the outer edge is very much like a sprinter. And yeah, so yeah. Uh recons are directional. Good to know. Yeah. Um Jeff Ford hooked me up with the glue source, dude. So, I ran out of tire glue. My bad. So, I go to Kremmer's Hobbies, and I buy their bottle of what they call tire glue. And it glues up the um, blues and greens just fine. You know, acceptable. And then, I go to glue up a set of A2s, Aqua 2s. And... I'm about to put them on my truck, and before I put them on my truck, Alan goes, ah, those aren't going to hold for five minutes, let alone 30. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like the bead, it looked like it was still wet even though it was dry, and it didn't stick to the rim at all. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So we're searching. We tried putting AKA glue on there. We tried putting J-Con thin. I ain't trying any at the track, but Jeff had this stuff that I bought immediately when I got home. And it is called Hot Melt, and it's made in Minnesota. Um, I bought the Surface Insensitive. Uh, I can't pronounce the rest of that, but it's Surface Insensitive. So it doesn't matter that it's... They also... I almost bought this one. They have a rubber to glue or rubber to plastic glue. I almost bought this that one, but Jeff is like, "Get the insensitive." and I did, and I just mounted up one tire, and it's like, "Oh my God,
1: immediately stuck.
0: and nothing's getting you know like when you sit there and you uh bets just sent me a message. a bee just stung her. uh- oh, um she's not allergic. Okay, good. <laughs> but um, so the bead, you know, like when you grab a tire bead and you peel it back and it makes a crackling noise a little bit? Yep. None at all with this stuff. No? And, no. How big of a Simpsons fan are you? None at all? A little bit?
1: A little bit.
0: Do you remember the Simpsons when they were trying to get gum out of Lisa's hair and they threw a whole bunch of shit on it and didn't work?
1: Yes, I do actually remember that.
0: So, that is like what the aqua tires are that I brought home from Southern because I ain't run them because the beads were just too gnarly. I threw that glue on top of all that crap and it stuck. It's like, geez, man. It's good shit. Well, I've noticed that lately. Like, I've never dealt with this until recently, um, glues in the RC world are very sensitive to compounds like AKA glue will not, for some reason, I would say from the 2022 to the 2023 season would not stick to Jake Conn pink rubber. I don't know why they, they must've changed something in the formula Cause prior to that, I used AKA glue constantly and it was fine. But, um, yeah, check out that glue, the hot milk. Don't well, send that to me. I,
1: I might have to check that out myself.
0: Yeah, I ordered three bottles and it was there 24 hours later. Oh, man. Yeah. That is a
1: quick turnaround. Of...
0: Yeah, because okay. it's, uh, it's coming out of like South Metro. So, yeah, that was, that was, uh, you know, you sit and you talk to Jeff, Jeff, Josh Ford, and they have all these little things and you just got to fucking listen. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just, it, it amazes me what they can come up with. Yeah. Well, they've been racing nitro since they raced the first MNRC round, uh, the first year like 2001 or two, whenever it was. So they've been and Jeff and Josh has been racing Jeff's been racing as long as me and Josh came a few years later, you know what I mean? So um yeah. Um quick shout out to Jason from Mod. Hopefully he gets better soon. He had a he had a minor stroke. He's chilling now, so but yeah, if your mod orders are a little bit late, that's why. Um,
1: hope he gets better
0: yeah he is he's gonna get better Jason's a cool he really helped me a ton out at Silver State I mean he helped me a lot I hope I'm not the reason he had a stroke yeah. <laughs> Um, I mentioned we're doing fist scale at Southern next week so bring him out next Saturday June 3rd I sent you the link to that Sparko buggy you did (sighs) interesting it's very it's very Mayako and Kyosho mixed into one there are a couple things I do like about it um I really like how clean that radio tray is did you look at that
1: I did that that kind of sparked my eye too
0: yeah um well it's like Everybody makes their radio tray for that stupid transponder holder that nobody uses. And this radio tray looks wide enough to where it'll fit a life pack because um, the life packs are a little wider and they do not fit in the new associated boxes. True. So this is all just one thing I do hate, and I hate that every manufacturer still does it. Every single... well. I can't every single manufacturer I've dealt with would whether it be associated, Kyosha, what have you. There's still it still comes with a plastic um servo arm. Yep. It's like, dude, why are you giving us something so useless? But other than that, like I said, it looks like it looks like a good mix of Kyosho and Mayako.
1: I'd be curious to see how it's gonna do. But that's over in like the the uh, um, like your uh, Australia, isn't it? I think Asia. Was oh, Asia?
0: Yeah, but like that pivot looks very that rear pivot looks very techno like. I don't know. It's gonna be very interesting. It's. I don't have as much hate for it as I did when it came out. Like, ooh, another buggy. But it's still way oversaturated it it's like the the car and the tire market are so oversaturated right now it's ridiculous that is true um i got a couple more uh actually one more former sponsor of the podcast blooming prairie rc park has decided to shut down it's just too much work for the low entries Unfortunately, Joe 3 and I stopped going there because they had to change, because Nate's work schedule, they had to make the race days Sundays, and that just doesn't work out for a lot of people. So true. Yeah. So now, we're going to talk about Thunder Road closing. Oh, <laughs> good mojo. Uh, well,
1: the talk, the talk of the state, let's say.
0: It is, and it's a talk of the country, and it's I'm gonna say the good first. Cause there was a lot of good. That Astro track was phenomenal. I hated walking up and down those stairs. And whether it be Steve that used to own Thunder or Brian, they're lucky that handy that somebody in a wheelchair never went there because that was very illegal. <laughs> but it was rad. It was an awesome track. Um, The um, crawler course was top notch. That water feature in the middle, I kind of liked it. Some didn't, but I liked it. Um, All the employees were nice. Uh, Frody, he became a friend, and I'm going to get to that in a second. And then it's like, Brian himself has never made a bad layout. The last layout that they put in was made by an employee that didn't have a ton of racing experience. So it was like, "Eh," it was kind of, kind of bad. But Brian has never made a bad layout. It was always a blast going to race there, even with the worn out carpet. Now, we're going to start there with the carpet. That carpet was supposed to be replaced after NCTS 3. That was the one you raced. Yep. It was supposed to be replaced the week after. And then excuses, excuses, excuses. It never got replaced, and it was an embarrassment for NCTS 4 because you're not allowed sauce. Yep. That should have been number one over everything if we're talking track well I'm, I'm just talking the track things were not replaced on the wall after they were sold and anybody that knows anything about the hobby business that let's say after you sell a five dollar part and you replace it and you pay your employees and you pay your bills off that five dollar part you're going to have 25 to $0.50 of profit to put in your pocket. I can't say where the money went. I'm not going to speculate. Speculation's not what is needed here. But things were not replaced on the wall. It became very barren. We went from, when I started racing there, it was right before Brian took over ownership. And the place was so bit like, if I needed a tire, a can of tire sauce, I better plan 25 minutes ahead because they were that busy and the registers were backed up that far. You know what I mean? Yep. And of people spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. If you don't replace that inventory, it's... People are gonna and then like one of the last Saturdays, I announced a racer and there was hardly anybody in that hobby shop all day. It was never busy. It was sad and depressing. And so I think I sent you I I sent somebody the text saying, Yeah, they he offered me the NCTS job for announcing I knew that place was gonna close. Oh, I sent that to Tor. <laughs> It's like, yep, I got offered a sweet gig that will give me national exposure. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Beth and I always talk about, like, everything I like and use in day-to-day life gets discontinued, everything. Um, I'm going to talk about trackside stuff, about things he did that, were such a turnoff but he still had the entry counts you know what i mean yeah so the shape the carpet was in you have two different looks so brian you know stored motorcycles in there he stored he had six bmx bikes hanging on the wall on average a really nice BMX bike's 1500 bucks to 2 grand so do the math of whatever and then he had snowmobiles in there i don't know what was his what was his before he owned it or whatever but when that carpet is down to the plywood that i have pictures of we were racing on fuzz and plywood that is such a horrible look it is that turned off so many people. It was all we could talk about. It really was. It's It was horrible. And then another thing he did that I disliked that I want to say they had permanent pits at Valley Hobbies in West Fargo where he used to work and braced at and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That upstairs section. Where him and the dang, and, and, you know, I'll be honest, it was a terrible look, but if I got invited to pit up there, I would have pit up there. You know what I mean? Mm. But, dude, it was not a good look. That was a terrible look. You have these luxury pits, and then you look, it's like you're looking down at everybody else like peasants. And that's what it felt like. But, yeah, you know, before I haven't really let you talk at all but before I wrap this up I want to say we're not we're all not good at everything we do I think a lot when I get a $1000 extra I have $2000 worth of plans with it you know what I mean Yep I'm not even close to nobody's close he was Brian was a Brilliant track manager, but a terrible business owner. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I could kind of see that a little bit.
0: I hope he continues racing. It's awesome that him and his son race together. Can't ever have too many father son racing teams. Never have too many. Never. But man, it's it's like we had this beautiful national facility and it slipped through our fingers. You know, I have I have more information that I'm not willing to say on this podcast because it's hearsay and whatnot. But he was only paying, well, for the least, this was so when he said he signed a he was said he signed a seven year lease over the microphone a few months ago during the winter at some point yep. that was not a lie at all. I thought rent was way higher. I was thinking it was around that twelve thousand dollars a month range. Yep, it was eight thousand nine hundred dollars a month. I'm looking at the core papers right now, and it's just so disappointing that. It's like, here's the deal. And again, I, I know a lot of business owners and LLC owners and whatnot. They detach their personal funds that they maybe had before they own that business or whatever. But you see Brian on vacations, and you saw Brian on vacations. Like, well, he was down in Texas when I was announcing races for him. Well, he was already a few months behind. Well, I can't say. He's like a tick over $27,000 in back rent owed by the time he got evicted. You know what I mean? So that's about three-ish months worth of rent. But, man, he, he, he had such a good deal. In comparison, TCHR, that closed in 2006 because the rent was so damn high. In that little spot where Twin City Hobby and Raceway was, was six thousand dollars in 2006. Holy well, we shit! Yeah, I haven't done the math, but I would, I would venture to guess with inflation, that is well over eight thousand nine hundred dollars a month. It's got to be. Yeah, but you know. You have a very high ceiling deal that's expensive as shit to heat. Electricity is expensive to shit as shit in that big of an area. But it's like, you know, it it was almost a place for Brian to show off his toys. Like the Corvettes out front or, you know, where racers enter. He took the best spot for his Corvette. It's like, dude, we got to, you know. But if the track, if the hobby shop was full, and the carpet was good, and the bills were paid, and Thunder Road was still there, it would have been a rad as shit place to show off all your toys and all that stuff.
1: Fuck yeah.
0: But the way it went down, it was a show of. Mm, i'm struggling to find the words we were like starving we're starving to death and he's eating filet mignon in front of us that's what it was like it's like we walk in every every saturday when we walked into race It was just comments. Oh, look, he's got snowmobiles now. Oh, look, he's hung up the BMX. Oh, look. And, you know, some of those BMX bikes might not have been his because I know that the Dang family raced with Brian. You know what I mean? Mm. So everything in that building might not have been his. That black motorcycle under the cover was his, but he's owned that for 10 years, 12 years. You know what I mean? Yep. So that was long before the business, and and it's so hard because unless I look at all, I got was the court papers. You know what I mean? Yep. And we supported it every race day that we could. We supported it. I left work overtime early to support races there. That you know when I went there, the pits were packed full packed and you don't make rent off the track you don't you make it off the hobby shop and that's one of those things too it's like i went to one of the last time is a year ago i went to the hobby plex um and they have these little bandai action figure models that you put together they're called like 30 minute adventures or something like that something you know yeah yeah and then they, they were 20 bucks, and you buy a little accessory pack for 5 $6. Next time you go to the Plex, check them out. And before the weekend's over, we got, like, $200 of these little sons of bitches in our pits. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and then I talked to Alex about it. He's like, yeah, that Bandai stuff, he goes, that took us from the number five, hobby town i think in the country to number one or he they jumped up huge since they started carrying bandai stuff and so immediately because i always want a hobby shop to be successful especially one that i go to and i'm like brian i I told him the whole story and it's like yeah free idea here you go it won't cost you a lot to put them on your shelves all they. He just goes, nope, and walked away. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) I just gave you that idea, and and I told him the story to where it brought, like, the Hobby Plex from, like, it was either number 10 to number 5 or number 5 to number 1 of all the Hobby Towns. It was something like, it was significant. And it's just, nope. Okay. You know. Because and again, if he would have carried that, freaking Joe 3 would have bought his stock slowly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have gone broke. Actually, I'm kinda glad he didn't get it. it saved me thousands. Anyway. Yeah, that would have that been, been a little expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't really it's one of those things you don't really think of. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it, cause I don't know. We've all had those little dumb hobbies to where you spend twenty bucks here, ten bucks there, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, it's
1: getting a little spendy.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's all I had for things going on. Round number two of the MNRCs coming up. Father's Day weekend, that's the weekend of June seventeenth. Um, we'll talk about that more as the day comes. Are you gonna be able to make that one or are you big car racing?
1: Uh, I think we'll be big car racing that weekend. Yeah, okay.
0: Loose nuts is always a blast. If it that doesn't is. if it doesn't rain. That is true. Last year was one of the first years in a long time where the track was able to groove up and just become awesome. Um Before we get into questions, go to um, pwrmerch.com. Search for ran out of talent. Check out a coffee mug or a t-shirt. Every little bit helps a podcast. No. You know, it takes a little bit to get the shirt, so nobody's been buying lately, but I get it, you know. We're just a dorky podcast you listen to, but it really does help Mm -hmm. us out. And and again, so I've been trying for weeks to get that camera to work. Dude, I can get it to work through Skype, but that's it. I can't get it to work through OBS. I can't get it to work through anything else.
1: That's I, weird. Well,
0: for some reason, the computer doesn't like detect it. So when I go into OBS, I don't have the option to choose the Nikon. So anyway, um, let's see here. Let's see if we got any new ones because we are recording earlier, so I'm sure we're going to miss some questions. Okay, we got all the ones from there. Sorry, I know, dead air. It's such a blast. See if I got all the ones from there. Awkward silence. Yeah, people can deal with it. Um, all right, let's pull them up then, because that's all I got. Um First one is from Jacob Sweisberger. Is there gonna be an NCTS race in October? If so, where? Yes, there is. I'm privy to that information, but I'm going to let those guys make the announcement. I'm so pumped that I already booked my hotel room. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Kevin Vanert says, there seems to be a lot of min- misinformation about Thunder. Lots of posts being taken down, etc. Could you cover what happened for those of us who don't know what's going on? I think I did an okay job covering it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I really don't know how much more in-depth he could have won.
0: You know what makes me the most sad? There's people that race to the west of Thunder, but they're too far for the FMRC club. The FMRC club actually got their AstroTurf. Um, So I might go up there a few times this summer. But um, there were a lot of great people that I might never see again. I mean, we're Facebook friends, and that's cool and all, but, dude, it's like... And there were a bunch of kids just getting into it, and all of a sudden their tracks gone, and they don't know how to find another one. It sucks.
1: Yeah. And it it's kind of disappointing.
0: Yeah. Um, Justin Dockin is wondering, is there enough interest in the fifth scale to make a class for the MNRC? We need consistently eight of them. I believe the only... Well, we ran Mini Truggy with like six or seven, but the track was smaller. Yeah. I want to say sportsman's only other class will run low on numbers because having a sportsman class is so important. So um, we need to get eight of them, and that's going to be tough. One thing, I did talk to Corey Hins about it, and he agrees with me. Every truck needs a kill switch, and every truck needs to demonstrate that their kill switch works. You know what I mean?
1: That's a good thing to have. You get a runaway, you got to shut it off somehow.
0: Well, if you, you won't get a runaway, because what happens is if you lose radio signal or voltage, it just cuts a spark. That's how the kill switch works. I kind Even of. Even then. <laughs> huh? Even then, that'd be a good thing to have. Yeah, because that's, I have the no aux kill switch. So I, the, well, I have control over it. Like if I shut my radio off, my truck shuts off. So, um, but yeah, I'm hoping so. I really am uh pat boyd is wondering with the closure of thunder road when we eventually get back to winter season do you think dollar will add saturday off-road races or will we just see 510 and toy box have higher entry counts we're talking about dollar right now here's the deal i'm willing to do the seven fridays i did a year oh dollar got a new manager I'm excited hey. to meet the guy. They got a new um general manager. I don't I guess he's on the Basher side of RC things, but he's very good at retail. Well,
1: that's so,
0: good. Yep. I'm excited to meet the guy. Jeff is still going to be in charge of racing and pointing to whoever the race directors, but we're talking about Saturday races at dollar, but here's the deal. I'm not going to be race directing them. Um I need to race myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there will definitely be the, because Fridays we're talking about, he's like, dude, I want to add like a whole bunch of Fridays. I'm like, we're still talking about, but the reason Fridays at Dollar were so successful is A, they really didn't run into MMR points. If they did, it was one or two. And B, they were once a month. It's easy to be somewhere once a month but now if you start making it every other week or this or making a very long let's say a 14 race point series that's gonna turn away a, a few people not a lot a few people we're still discussing um definitely the toy box Ooh, i'm excited and worried for jason at the same time is that pit space Oh, yeah, true. So I do think, I do think uh, they'll see a bump, both the 510 and the toy box. Um, And I think MMR will see a bump, and I think Dollar will see a bump. Because you're taking every two weeks for, well, once a month for a trophy race, it was like minimum 120 entries. And for a regular points race, it was minimum like 80 entries. So you're spreading those all over. Um, let's see here. Martin Owen goes, does your Joey have more talent than our Joey? I'm going to say with A-Scale, yes. And Clay, just because you don't race it over in the UK, yes. That's Martin Owen from the Extra Lap RC podcast. But I'm going to say on AstroTurf, your Joey kicks the shit out of my Joey. I don't know about carpet because you both hate it. Both you and their Joey. Well, you you don't hate it. You just don't run it enough. True. I mean, that's a whole different thing. It is. I'm kind of curious to see if there's something... I don't get me wrong. I have not heard any rumblings at all. Uh, I have a feeling in the next 2 years something new is going to pop in Minnesota. I wish I wish we had somebody so wealthy they were they that they could put in like a replica of the hobbyplex and it didn't hurt their wallet. <laughs> hmm. That would be rad. But, yeah, that didn't... Actually, that almost did happen. I'm sure you've heard that story. I did. Yeah. So, anyway.
1: Do you have anything else? I don't, other than uh, Sean's race the weekend before the MNRC. Yep, June 10th. Round two of FTR.
0: Yep. Yep, June 10th. If I'm not there probably not going to be there my fist scale someone will be racing my fist scale um someone might be racing joe three's fist scale we'll talk but i I don't know it depends depends on the can like joe three's gonna race his next week but he still needs um a steering servo and um, v1 wheels so i still gotta dump like another three hundred dollars into it so we'll see but yeah definitely we'll uh because my father-in-law's surprise party starts at 1 p.m oh i got you so yeah i gotta be at that thing so yeah man uh have a good rest of the memorial day go where are you guys racing tonight
1: uh Thinking about going out to uh, Casino Speedway in Madison. I believe it's Madison. So.
0: Nice, nice. All right, well, uh, I'm Joser Jr., and with me has been Joey Fitzsimmons, and we've ran out of talent.
1: See you later, guys.